Shalom. My name is Max. I work with Jews for Jesus in Moscow. And I'm very glad to be back in family life. I'm very grateful to Pastor Todd Menard for inviting me here. Uh, it's not the first time, uh, but uh, I'm always glad to be back. And I'm grateful to you, uh, family life, because you are supporting me mostly, uh, partially, uh, support for my ministry in Jews for Jesus. Thank you very much for your support, for your prayers. Uh, well, let's start. Um, I, uh, as I said, I work with Mo- in Moscow with Jews for Jesus, and I brought with me hot greetings to you from cold Moscow. And uh, I'm going to uh, show you tonight how to see Jesus in the Jewish holiday of Passover. Look closely, please, and I hope you will see the picture of his death, his resurrection, and the promise of his return. Well, let's turn, uh, please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verses 7, 8, and 13. Well, but first let me read in Russian just to prove that I am from Moscow. Настал же день опресноков, в который надлежало заколать пасхального агнца. И послал Иисус Петра и Анна, сказав, пойдите, приготовьте нам есть Пасху. Did you get a message? Hmm? No? No. Okay. Let's try again in English. Luke 22, verse 7, 8. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. Now, verse 13. And they went and found, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you in more details tonight what it means to make ready the Passover supper. How this supper goes on, and just only for one reason, for we may better understand what Jesus was saying to his disciples uh, during his last supper. I hope you know that last supper was Passover supper. Well, do you know about? No? Okay, I'm telling to you. <laughs> Last supper was a Passover supper with special order, with special um, uh, traditions. And I will share this tradition with you tonight. Well, let me start this uh, sharing. The first day of Passover begins a seven-day Jewish holiday called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. During this time, we eat no leaven at all. Why not? Just because in the Bible, uh, the leaven, leaven is often a symbol for sin. We want to be pure before God, especially at Passover. And this is why, symbolically, we take out even small pieces of leaven from our homes. Let me tell you about some other preparations we make. Uh, If you remember, my ancestors were told to eat the Passover lamb with our sandals on our feet and with our staves in our hands, just ready to go. But today at Passover, we relax on pillows. Why such a difference? Just because pillow is a symbol of freedom. In ancient Middle Eastern societies, only the free could relax at dinner. Only the redeemed ones, not slaves. Listen for that word, redeemed. You are going to hear a lot about redemption tonight. Well, um, at Passover, the head of the house 
puts on special garment called a kittel. Kittel is white. Oy, oy, oy. Whoops. Kittel is white, excuse me. And white is a color of purity. And this color reminds us of the robes that ancient priests and Levites used to wear. Well, maybe you know, or just give me five seconds. They are too small, this, this thing. Huh? Well, excuse me. Uh, maybe you know that um, Jewish men often cover their head out of respect for God. Do, do, did you know about? Yeah, but at Passover, instead of traditional kippah or yarmulke, um, the head of the house may use special mitre, like a crown, big and beautiful. I don't have this mitre yet, but I have this beautiful kippah, and I'll put it for you. Like this. Well, we use priestly robes and a symbol of a crown. Why? Just because at Passover, the head of the house, the father, is like a king, you know. And like a king, at least at Passover, huh? he guides his family through the traditional Passover Seder. Seder is a Hebrew word, and it means order. Because Passover, the celebration, follows very specific order, just step by step. And the order is not a secret at all. Everyone can read it in the book called Haggadah. Haggadah in, in Hebrew means telling. Because the whole service, the whole celebration is designed as a story to tell to our kids, to our next generation. What happened with us in Egypt many, 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 many years ago. And the main, the main goal of the celebration is to pass our faith from our hearts to our kids. To pass our knowledge about our God. And this is why uh, Passover is mostly family feast. And this is why you are invited at family table Chair for father, chair for mother, a lot of kids around. So I think we are ready now. So come celebrate Passover with me. We begin by lighting the candles. This is usually the work of the woman of the house. But since my wife is in Moscow right now, waiting for me, I'll do it for her. Oh. If I can. Now short prayer. Baruch Ata, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshanu BeMitzvatov Vetsivanu, Lechadlik Nershel Pesach. Blessed are you, O Lord, King, our God, King of the universe, who has commanded us, uh, who has, excuse me, who has sanctified us by your commandments and has commanded us to light the Passover lights. Amen. Well, do you know what means the light of the candle in Jewish tradition? Oh, it's easy. This, this light means God's presence. So now we are in God's presence here. Who can say amen with me? Amen. amen. Well, we are in God's presence, so please behave. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, you know, when I see Jewish women light these candles, I remember that the Messiah, the light to the whole world, did not come from a seed of man. But from a seed of woman, isn't it? Do you remember that? Scriptures declare, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name 
Emmanuel a light to light the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Well, during the supper, each adult will drink from his cup four times. First time we drink, we call uh, this cup um, Kiddish cup, which means cup of sanctification. Second time we drink, we call this cup cup of plagues. Third time we drink, we call it cup of redemption. This is the most important part of the service. Here, again, this word, redemption is really uh, Passover is about. Well, uh, and cup number four, we call Halel, which means cup of praise. In the beginning of the service, leader lifts up the first cup, cup of sanctification, and blesses the Lord by giving us the uh, fruit of the wine. Well, it sounds like this. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Amen. Then, youngest person at the table, I mean child, asks the traditional four questions. And by tradition, this question should be asked. By the way, you can follow. There are some of them here in your handouts. Um, by tradition, uh, this question should be asked by song. Imagine, I'm a small Jewish boy, and I'm singing. And this simple song means, why is this night different from all other nights? And we adults, we explain, this is because of what the Lord did for me when he brought me out from the land of Egypt, when he brought me out from the house of bondage, when he redeemed me with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Well, again, redemption. Redemption is a heart of Passover. But you should know that Passover is not only God's message of redemption, but Passover is also God's method of redemption. Do we feel difference? Not only what, but also how. What is the way? Way to redeem. I mean God's way to redeem. And God has only one way to redeem. Who can say amen? Huh? Amen. Only one. Through the sacrifice of a spotless lamb of God. My ancestors were instructed uh, by God through Moses. And they took a spotless lamb, roasted it without breaking any of its bonds. And then they put the blood of those lambs on the doorposts of our homes. Just because we did this, we put the blood. Just because we believed God and obeyed Him, His judgment passed over our homes when He, God, killed all the firstborn on the land of Egypt. We Jews were saved from God's judgment only because we were covered by the blood of those lambs. This blood was just a payment for our own lives. If we had refused to believe God and obey him, his judgment would not have passed over us. What a mighty act of redemption, just blood for blood, life for life. But do you see a picture of Jesus here? Hmm? Think of it. Yeah, really. Just as the lambs in Egypt 
were spotless, the first lambs were spotless. So Jesus came to us as a spotless lamb of God without any sin. And it's not a coincidence. It's not by chance. It was uh, God's plan, God's lesson about his way to redeem. Well, just as my ancestors broke none of the bonds of those lambs, so none of Jesus' bonds was broken when he died. Do you remember that? And again, it's not a coincidence. It's not by chance. It's just God's lesson to us about his way to redeem. Just as my ancestors had to put the blood of those lambs on the doorposts of of their homes, so you and I, we must put the blood of Jesus on the doors of our hearts. And if we don't believe, his judgment will not pass over us. Do you see these parallels between Passover and Jesus? Good. We go ahead. Now the time for second question from a child. Why on this night do we eat only unleavened bread, which we call matzah? And we adults we explain our ancestors in the haste to leave Egypt had to take the bread with them when it was still flat. Well, this is the matzah tosh. Can you see this beautiful porch? It has three parts inside. And we put in each part a piece of unleavened bread or matzah. During the service, middle part should be taken out. And this middle part has a special name. We call it afikomen. Could you repeat with me this Greek, Greek word? Afi, let's do it together. Three, four. Afi, oh no. Are you, are you Americans, huh? Let's do it together with your energy. Give me your energy, please. Afikomen. Yeah, we, ta- we will take it. Okay. Uh, thank you. Afikomen is important. Why I'm asking you to repeat? Because afikomen in Greek means that which comes later. And this is exactly what happens with the afikomen. It will come later. We will eat it, not now, but later. Because now by tradition we should bless it. Then we break it like this. And then we should bury it in another beautiful porch, like this. And we have special uh, game for our children. Don't, don't forget, we have a lot of children here. Well, all of them should hide their eyes, and we hide it from them. Later, all of them will be sent to look for it. And finally, one of them will find it and will bring it back to the head of the house. If not, we cannot end the service, you know. So kids are really special this night. Because, I repeat, the main goal of the feast is to pass knowledge from our hearts, knowledge about God, our faith, from our hearts to hearts of our kids. Well, beautiful tradition with this hidden part, buried part. But uh, I like traditions. I like to follow them. But I also like to think about the meaning. Let's do it together. Let's think about why do you think this afiko man should be broken, then buried, and then brought back? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll have to beat, uh, uh, wait a bit uh, uh, before you hear the explanation, but I think you will understand more about Jesus when you hear the answer. Well, and now we go ahead. Uh, we have two more questions from a child. Why on this night do we eat only bitter herbs? 
instead of all kind of herbs? And why on this night do we dip our food into salt water two times when normally we don't dip even once? Let me explain by showing this. This is a Seder plate, beautiful plate. Uh, despite the way it looks, it's not used for devil attacks, you know. <laughs> we just put a, a special Passover foods in every one of those places. And each food tells the part of Passover story. For example, let's start from Karpas. It means greens. We usually use parsley. Uh, parsley is green and it represents life. But before we eat it, we should dip it into salt water. Salt water represents tears. So by dipping, we are reminded that the life without redemption is a life soaked in tears. Well, we go ahead. Second item, we call it Hazeret. Uh, it means root of bitter herb. We generally use an onion or a horseradish root. And this symbol reminds us uh, that the root of life is bitter at as it certainly was for my ancestors in Egypt. Well, we go ahead. Next one, we call it maror, bitter herb itself, freshly ground horseradish. Oh, it smells, huh? Now, we are supposed to eat about a teaspoon of horseradish, full teaspoon. Any volunteers? <laughs> Do you know what happens with you when you eat a teaspoon of horseradish, huh? You'll cry. For sure. We have a little chance in the matter. It's between sinuses, our sinuses, and horseradish, and you know horseradish always wins. Well, uh, as previous one, this symbol brings an idea to our mind how bitter life is without... without... Redemption, thank you. Passover is about redemption. Well, by the way of contrast, we have sweet mixture. We call it haroset. It's brown and it represents the mortar that my ancestors uh, used when they had to make bricks for the pharaoh. It's made up from chopped apples, honey, nuts, raisins, and it tastes delicious. Now maybe you are wondering why such a sweet mixture is used to represent such a bitter toil. Don't worry, we have a terrific answer. We explain even the most bitter labor is sweetened with the promise of redemption. Thank you. You're right. Passover is about redemption. Well, this is not an Easter egg. We call it Hagiga. It was the name given to a special temple sacrifice. Uh, Hagiga, uh, we roast the egg and then turns it brown. Hagiga is a token of a grief. Grief of our people over the destruction of the second temple. During the service, Hagiga should be broken, open, sliced, and given out to everyone at the table. But before we eat, we should dip it into salt water, which represents what? Tears. Thank you. But Hagiga uh, is not only talking of a grief, but also a symbol of a new life as an egg. But you know, the most fascinating piece of food on Seder plate is this one. It's just a shank bun from a lamb. It's not eatable. We call it zhoa. What is interesting that, you know, Passover is often called the feast of Passover lamb. Just because lamb was a main hero 
in the story in Egypt. By its blood, we were redeemed. But today, and, and you remember, Jesus asked his disciples to prepare the lamb. But today at Passover, lambs are not served at all. Why not? Just because the lambs we ate at Passover, when temple stood in Jerusalem, during this time when temple stood in Jerusalem, these Passover lambs were special Passover sacrifices in the temple. Only one place to make this sacrifice, the temple. But temple itself was destroyed by Romans very long time ago in the year 70 AD. And since that time, there have been no any sacrifices. Instead, we put this ban, Zhoa, on cedar plate, just to remind us of those sacrifices that no longer take place. One more beautiful and unusual tradition. I like it, but as I said, I also like not only follow, but think about the meaning. And this ban makes me think of a very important question, so important that I should be closer to you, just to discuss Really, let's do it together. Uh, let's think about this ban. Temple was destroyed long time ago. With no uh, temple, with no altar, with no Lamb of God, how we know we are redeemed? The law of Moses says very certainly, uh, God is speaking through Moses. I had given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it's the blood that makes an atonement. Book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. Only the blood, nothing else. No sacrifice, no atonement. With no temple, with no altar, with no sacrifice, how can we make an atonement. With no Lamb of God, how can we be redeemed at all? No way? Oh, there is one. Hmm? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. To, let me help you with this way. 2,000 years ago, one Jewish man named Yohanan. Uh, in Russian, we call him Ioan Krestitel. In English, you call him John the Baptist. Yohanan is just Jewish way to say John. Or to be exact, John is American way to say Yohanan. Well, and this Yohanan saw another Jewish man named Yeshua. In Russian, we call him Jesus. In English, you call him Jesus. Thank you, yeah. And John pointing out Jesus, said a very famous phrase. He said, Behold, a Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's famous phrase. It was really mission of John the Baptist to point out to Jesus. And he did it with this phrase. But this phrase sounds a bit strange because John didn't mention Son of God. He didn't say man of God. He said lamb of God. Why so? For us, it sounds, modern people, I mean, it sounds a bit strange. Why lamb of God? But for Jewish year, these three words, lamb of God, immediately relates to the Passover lamb. So this is how my ancestors were redeemed in ancient times, not only by animal sacrifices, but also by looking forward. Forward, I mean in time. Looking forward to the coming Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is how we are redeemed today. 
by looking back, back, I mean, in time, but to the same Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen? Amen. Praise God. This is done. And we go ahead and uh, we should drink cup number two now. All items from Seder plate are completed. All questions from a child expired. Now we should drink cup number two, cup of plagues. Passover is the time to rejoice. And by ancient tradition, full cup represents a complete joy. But at Passover, our joy is not complete. Why not? Just because we remember terrible plagues, this cup of plagues, that fell down on the land of Egypt. The whole country was destroyed. Many people died. And this is why we remember that and we mourn. And by tradition, we empty something from our cups just like this, by finger, drop by drop, as we recite the name of every plague that fell down upon the land of Egypt. One more beautiful tradition. But as I said, good idea to think about the meaning of traditions. And I see good lesson for you and for me in this cup. Uh, why do you think did God send those plagues on the land of Egypt? What was the reason? Do you remember the story? What was the reason? Yeah, disobedience. Yeah. More loudly. More loud, please. Exactly. Yeah. Both of you are right. I, I remind you a story. Pharaoh was told over and over again about God's will. Just through Moses. Over and over again. Just let my people go. What was his answer? No. So easy to tell no. So easy. Just two letters. But as a result of these two letters, just no. As a result of the simple answer, Pharaoh brought a destruction even a death upon his own land. If you remember, the firstborn son of Pharaoh was also died. But don't blame God. God warned Pharaoh ten times. I call this grace. Well, here is a lesson for you and for me. How often do we say no to God? How often does God tell us over and over again about his will in something specific in our lives, but we say no. Let me give you one Jewish wisdom. When God is telling to you to do something, please do it. Amen. Amen? Well, as I said, Passover is the time to rejoice. And I rejoice not only because my ancestors were redeemed from ancient times, but also because I personally was redeemed from the slavery to the power of sin and death through my faith in Messiah Jesus, and through him, all of us, we can pass over from uh, death to life. Amen? Well, now, after the second cup, cups should be put aside, and meal is served. Not the symbolical meal we ate a few moments ago with you, but uh, now it's time for abundant meal, you know, tasty meal. Passover meal. Tonight, I will not serve you, unfortunately, with this wonderful meal we eat at Passover. Uh, but I do want to share with you about wonderful ways in which God uh, uses our ministry of Jews for Jesus all over the world. And then, after this uh, short ministry talk, I will show you how all of these symbols point very specifically to Jesus. Well, uh, let me tell you about the work of Jews for Jesus itself so that you can know how to pray for us. But first, let me introduce you to the time, another tradition, time-honored tradition of Jews for Jesus. Uh, we call it tradition of the tearing of the flags. Well, uh, please 
take one, one more time to your handouts. Uh, there are two parts. One part is um, information part. You can keep it. It's for you. Another part is involvement section part. There is a perforated line here. Can you see this? Let's do it together. We tear the flaps together. One, two, three. Yeah. Can you hear this voice? <laughs> the sound? Yeah, it's sound of unity. We should be united in doing something together. Well, uh, this is an involvement section, and I would like to ask you to feel it right now while I am speaking. In a moment, you will be able to place it into the offering that will be gathered for Jews for Jesus. Um, and this is my own way. Uh, can, can we do this? Da? Yeah? I mean, a love offering after my ministry talk. Okay, thank you. Um, and this is my own way to stay in touch with you. Uh, I'm going to send you free Jews for Jesus newsletter and free Jews, uh, and free brochure about Jewish feasts. 24 pages brochure. Absolutely free. But I have a very selfish reason. I want your prayers. Uh, because I hope as you read our newsletter, as you read about achievements, victories, miracles God provides all over the world through our ministry, I hope you will be praying for us. Uh, and your prayers mean so much to my colleagues and to me. I know that you are, many of you already praying for us. Thank you very much. And if you not yet praying, please fill up this card and place it to the offering when it comes by. If you just already did this, no problem. You, you can repeat. There is a, a um, place you can mark that you already have our letters. But you will have a brochure about Jewish feasts. Well, while you are doing that, I'm, uh, I tell you a bit more about who we are and what we do. Please tell me how many of you already know about Jews for Jesus and don't need any information about. Okay, not too much. Okay, I see. Excuse me, uh, ladies and, 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 and gentlemen, I just repeat because most of people don't know about. Um, our mission, uh, just uh, our mission statement is like this. We exist to make a messiahship of Jesus an unavoidable issue to our Jewish, uh, Jewish people worldwide. It's our mission statement. And one of the ways we do this is by handing out this, our own form of gospel tracts. Every one of them has catchy title with catchy message inside. For example, this one has a title, Pharaoh was not very nice. We have another one with the title, uh, Be aware of religious fanatic handing out pamphlets. Well, and we hand them, we, see, we, we just use humor to attract people's attention. But not only humorous here, but also clearly stated gospel message and invitation to think about Jesus. And we hand them out by thousands, almost every day, all over the world. And as we hand them out, we talk to the people on streets, just one-on-one. -on -one. And we write down names and addresses of those who are interested. And then we provide them with our free literature about Jesus. We provide anyone who is interesting. Doesn't matter Jews or non-Jews. But it's not the end. After that, we have a list of interested people. We are trying to meet them back. And we visit with ones who are willing to meet with us one-on-one. -on -one. And we share gospel with them during personal Bible studies. Personal, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, through the Bible. Just step by step. And when people come to the face, we help them get grounded in the teaching, in the basics, and get established in a good local congregation, such as church like yours or 
messianic congregation. We knock the door. We call by phones. We, we publish out evangelistic ads. In short, we are doing whatever we can do. We use music, internet, drama, whatever we can do just to let our people know that Messiah has already come and his name is Jesus. Amen. Well, it's what we do. A bit of history. Our mission was born 40 years ago by one person, anointed one, talented one, bright guy. He passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, he was chosen person with God's calling, but he was alone in the beginning. Now, in 40 years, we have our missionaries in 14, not enough fingers, you know, 14 countries all over the world. And I'm telling this not just I want to show you how big are Jews for Jesus. No, no, no. I want to show you how big is our God. He, his blessing upon us. By his spirit, we can do something. But my point is, as well, he blesses us. It means he likes what we are doing and what we are doing. We are preaching gospel to Jewish people in a very open and direct way right now, today. One more blessing. About 20 years ago, only three American mission, uh, missionaries came to the former Soviet Union just to start the work of Jews for Jesus in this part of the world. Today, in more than 20 years, again, by God's grace, Instead of three Americans, God gave us 27 Soviet-born, I mean local, staff members serving with us in five cities of Russia and Ukraine. Uh, uh, I am an example of such a blessing. I am Moscowite. I live all my life in Moscow, Russia. I know the culture, the mentality, and I use my knowledge of these people to bring them gospel with Jews for Jesus. Well... Again, this is a blessing, this good team of local missionaries. But it's not about us, it's about him. He blesses us by multiplication of our missionaries. Well, it means he likes what we are doing. One more blessing. During last year, only one year, 2014, only in Russia and Ukraine, I'm not speaking about other 12 countries, only in these two countries, our staffs, small team, and our volunteers, this is big team, we, we handed out more than one and a half million of such tracts. Can you imagine? One and a half million. We conducted two and a half thousand of uh, individual Bible studies uh, uh, with Jewish people. More than 300 people prayed with us to accept Christ. More than half of them were Jewish. Praise God. It's a lot. But again, it's not about us. Not about our small efforts. But it's about him. I want to tell you, today is time of harvest on Jewish fields. It's not a revival yet. Up to now, 80% of Jewish population uh, through uh, all over the world uh, are still secular. No synagogues, no churches for them. But something happens. Today we can see increased interest of Jewish people toward Jesus, toward New Testament, toward Gospel. This is something new because 2,000 years from the times of Christ, Jewish people were silent toward Christ. And Jew Jewish people was treated as the most difficult nation to be evangelized. Not anymore. Very recently, just a few last years, we can see increase. Strictly speaking, already 50 years exists. Uh, the movement exists called Messianic movement. It was the first step toward, toward this increase. But today, Jewish people start to learn more about Jesus. Before, New Testament was a book forbidden for them. Don't read, don't touch, don't even take a smell from this book. It's forbidden. It's from our enemies. Many centuries Christians killed Jewish people. Not anymore. Today they want to know, what is this? Oh, Jesus was a Jew, huh? I want to read about. 
This is exciting. It's time of harvest, but it means a lot of work for us. And we need your help. And one of my, uh, one of reasons why I'm here is just to ask you to continue to stand with us in our ministry. Please pray for us. It's the most important way how you can help us. Because we understand absolutely all we have in our ministry come from heaven. Not by power, but by his spirit. So, but it means we need your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. Pray generally for salvation of Jewish people. And please pray more specifically for our project, for example. I'm sending to, uh, to Pastor Minar my updates every few months, three or four months. So you may, you may know about my, my um, projects in Moscow. From Jews for Jesus newsletter, you will know about other projects. Well, one of them will be in this September. Please pray for that if you uh, will remember about two weeks in September. International team gathered in Moscow will be standing on streets and sharing gospel with all Moscovites passing around. Two weeks, second half of September. Please pray for that. Even more, you may, you may participate. Just uh, I am inviting you. If you will ask blessing from your pastor, if you will find that it, it comes from God for you, just welcome. I will provide you with all necessary details. We conducted similar project last year. We had some Americans as our team too. Well, many possibilities to help us, to pray, to participate. By the way, you can also... Um, uh, uh, one more possibility to, to, to help. I brought with me a lot of materials. Tracts are free. You can take whatever you can use. Books, CDs, DVDs are not so free. And I hope you will enjoy, for example, reading of this booklet, uh, Christ in the Passover. It goes in the same subject, and you will have a good memory about this presentation. Um, also, this book, very good. It's just a brochure, uh, how a testimony book, how Orthodox Jew became a Christian. Well, this is a music, just normal worship style music, church music, but with Jewish flavor. So I hope you will enjoy it. There are Jewish melodies, but in style of worship music. Uh, this is calendar. If you know biblical calendar, Jewish feast, uh, different from, from our modern calendar. If you will try to find Jewish feast, biblical feast, in modern calendar, you will not find it, them. But we combine both calendars in one for you, biblical and modern. So just if you are interested, welcome. We have even something eatable for you. Choose for Jesus. So welcome to my table. Try to find something interesting for you. But I hope, uh, I can promise you that all money from sales will go to the missionary work of Jews for Jesus. Well, last way how you can help us is with your uh, offerings. And uh, I will invite uh, pastor to, in, in a moment uh, to, pro, uh, to conduct this uh, service of offerings. But let me give you first a reason why you should not give. Please don't give us only because you enjoy this presentation. Although I hope you are. Although I hope you will enjoy the conclusion. But you know, it's not a reason to give. Your gift does not enable me just to travel and, and speak in churches. No, no, no. It's not what I'm doing. Your gift does enable Jews for Jesus to preach gospel to Jewish people. And this is what I'm doing. And this is very good reason to give. So, uh, by the way, if you are not yet a believer in Jesus, please fill out this form and I will send you uh, free literature about our Lord. But if you are not yet a believer, please don't give us something financially. You know, just because God doesn't want your money for his work. God wants your heart, your life for his work. And he has a greedy gift for you first. A gift of eternal life through the faith in Messiah Jesus. Amen? Pastor, please come for offerings. Yeah. Don't forget your flaps, please.
Man, wasn't that some, some, some great stuff? Hey, man. Hey, Brother Max, why don't you come up here and let's, how about we pray? Yeah, it'll be a short conclusion also. Okay, okay, okay great. Uh-huh. All right, so well, actually what we're going to do with the offering is um, on your way out, actually on your way out there, the ushers are going to be standing at the back door and they have some baskets. So on your way out, you can you can drop an offering uh, in there and you have an envelope and you could, you know, uh, make it out to Jews for Jesus and, and uh, drop it in there. We'll make sure, like I said, all the proceeds go to them. Uh, we do support them on a monthly basis. But if you want to continue to, you know, plant a, plant a seed tonight, uh, it, it, it'll be, as you can hear, a great blessing. As Pastor Todd's always saying, this is fertile ground. Amen. Amen. So it's fertile ground to plant your seed. So let's, how about we go ahead and pray for him and you can go ahead and finish up the conclusion. Sounds good, Brother Max? Yes. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for, uh, for this, this great man of God and, and the ministry of Jews for Jesus, Lord, as they're reaching the loss. Uh, for you, Lord, uh, the, the Jewish people and like God, everyone like God that needs you, your saving grace, the saving grace and the message of, of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, as we can see Christ in the Passover, that he became the spotless lamb of God. I, uh, like God, I thank you that, Lord, as the blood has been applied to our life, Lord, you have passed over and have granted us eternal life. And we thank you for that tonight. Continue to use Brother Max and all of the Jews for Jesus, like God, in Moscow, in America, and to the ends of the earth, Lord. God, to continue to spread the gospel in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. And I pray that you continue to provide everything that they need, Lord, spiritually, financially, uh, the workers, more more workers uh, in the in the laborers, in the harvest, Lord God. I pray that you would provide for them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can I go? Yes, sir. After the meal, we should drink cup number three, cup of redemption. If you remember, I said to you, this is the most important part of the service. But we cannot drink it just yet, because earlier something was broken, buried, and now we need to bring it back. Do you remember what it was called? The Afikomen. That which comes later. Now it's time. We send our kids and they uh, look for it. Finally, one of them finds it and brings it back to the head of the house. And he, head of the house, should not just take it from a child, but he should redeem it. In other words, buy it back. Because Passover is about redemption. Then he unwraps it. And breaks it again in a small piece, pieces about the size of an olive, and gives out to everyone at the table, like this. Like this. Does this tradition look familiar to you? Yeah, it's a picture of our communion service. It's not a communion service at all, but it's the root of our Christian, Jewish root of our Christian tradition. Well, let me ask you an amazing question now. Why? Uh, Not why. Where? Where can we see better picture of Jesus than in this Jewish tradition of the Afikoman? Which one was broken, buried, then brought back? Well, even matzah, unleavened bread itself, is a picture of Jesus just because it's unleavened, symbol of sinless nature of Jesus. Well, you know, when matzah is made, it's always made in the same way. It's striped. Can you see stripes? Jesus was also striped. Do you remember prophet Isaiah wrote, with his stripes we are healed. When matzah is made, it's always pierced, always like this, by tradition. Can you see holes? It's always like this. Jesus was pierced too. Prophet Zechariah wrote, They shall look upon him whom they have 
pierced. Well, I can see Jesus in the Jewish tradition of the Afikomen. But I also can see him in another symbol, in this one, in Matsatosh. Do you remember this beautiful pouch? He has three pieces of matzah inside. And these three pieces are united like one in this matzatosh. But no one understands the meaning of this strange three in one. Some rabbis teach these three matzahs are the picture of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three. Why not? But if that is true, why middle matzah should be broken? buried and then brought back. No one knows. Some other rabbis, by the way, no no unity among them. Some other rabbis teach that these three matzahs are the picture of the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the people of Israel. So this is united Jewish nation. Why not? Also three. But if that is true, why Why middle matzah should be broken, buried, then brought back? No one knows up to now. Many centuries, no one knows. But we, Jews for Jesus, we know. We are sure that these three pieces of matzah is a picture of one God who has revealed himself to us in three persons. God the Father, God the Son and Messiah, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why middle matzah should be broken, buried, and then brought back? Just because Jesus was broken. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose again. Amen? Well, praise God. And this is why during Last Supper, Jesus said to his disciples, For this is my body, broken, given for you. Do it in remembrance of me. Now it's time to drink cup number three. Cup of uh, redemption. You know, by tradition, the color of the fruit of the wine we use at Passover is normally red, of red color. Just to remind us of the blood, blood of those lambs. Those lambs were sacrificed to redeem us, to buy us back from the slavery to the Pharaoh. In the same time, the blood of Jesus was sacrificed to redeem us from the slavery to the power of sin and death. And this is why Jesus lifted up cup of redemption. Why I know it was cup of redemption? Because it's written in New Testament that he lifted up cup after the meal. Now we know after the meal should be cup number three, cup of redemption. And he lifted this cup after the meal and he said, for this is my blood. Do you feel difference? Not blood of lambs, as we thought by tradition, but my blood, blood of Jesus. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for the remission of sin. Written in Matthew 26, 28. You see how many parallels between Passover and Jesus. Well, praise God, but it's not the end. We have one more. By tradition, we should eat the Afi Komen, and we should drink cup of redemption together. As a reminder of what do you think? of body and blood of those lambs. My Passover lamb is Jesus. This is his symbol, broken body and blood. Well, last cup, cup of Halel. To explain you the meaning of this cup, I have to teach you right now a very difficult Hebrew word. Please be focused. I understand you are tired already. It's the evening, huh? But... Take all forces you have. Be focused. It is extremely difficult. This word is hallelujah. Do you know what means this word in Hebrew? 
Just praise the Lord. Praise God. And this is the meaning of this cup. We are so thankful to our God for the redemption he made for us. So we are praising him at the end of our service. Cup of Halil, cup of praise. Well, Seder is done, but we have one more cup I never told you about. This one. It's full, but no one drinks from it. We call it cup of the prophet Elijah. In many Jewish homes at Passover, you can see not only cup, but also chair, pillow, even a plate, all for Elijah. Why? Just because prophet Malachi wrote, before Messiah comes, prophet Elijah will return. So, every year, by tradition, at Passover, child goes to the door, opens it wide, hoping that the prophet will enter will sit down at the family table and will announce coming of Mashiach ben David, which means Messiah, son of David. Well, one more beautiful tradition. But I know, because I'm thinking about the meaning of traditions, I know that the prophet has already come. If you remember Uh, Jesus was saying of John the Baptist, and he said, if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. Matthew chapter 14, verse 11. Well, prophet has already come, and Messiah has already come for Jews and Gentiles alike. Amen. Thank you. This is the end of my presentation.